Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting basketball podcast today because David DeJulius announced, or I guess he didn't announce it, but it, it, we first reported it and then the team later confirmed it that David DeJulius is set to enter the transfer portal and spend the final two or three. I would assume he'd probably have to sit one year, sit one, play two, uh, but he's going to transfer somewhere else. It's not going to be at Michigan. Detroit Detroit native, top 100 recruit at one point, uh, first commitment in Michigan's 2018 class. Uh, you know, notable because I think he was, I believe he was first off the bench this season. So um, six man for Michigan. You know, who knows what would have happened at the point guard position between him, Eli Brooks, Zeb Jackson, or some of these grad transfers. But yeah, it's it's um. I'm trying to think the last time there was this big of a transfer for Michigan in terms of a guy who figured to be a key part of the team moving forward. Because if you, if you, they, they average a little over a transfer a year the past decade or so. But usually it's, it's more the fourth or fifth guy off the bench, um, not, not the first guy off the bench or a potential starter. So, Steve, um, I think we, Hinted that this could be a possibility in our last basketball podcast, just noting that sometimes it's not the bottom of the bench. Sometimes it's someone who wants to start and be a primary ball handler uh, elsewhere. I, but uh, your thoughts on, on this transfer and, and kind of, um, kind of, kind of what it, what it entails or, or what it, what it says, what it says to you. Uh, I mean, it, to me, it, I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong here. To me, it says somebody's coming whether it's a grad transfer or a recruit, you know, I would think, cause this is a, I'd say a semi-significant loss. I mean, how many guards do they have on scholarship at this very moment right now? Yeah. Brooks and Zeb Jackson. Uh, so yeah. you gotta think, I don't think you can go into next year with just those two guys uh, on scholarship. Right. <laughs> and um, with Nunez staying on, you know, I think that was a clear indication that somebody that maybe we would not have like penciled in or like even talked about or thought of was probably not going to be back. You know, next season, whether that be a well, I didn't never would have thought it'd be Brooks. You know, but a DeJulius or Cole Bajima or you know maybe somebody we hadn't really talked a lot about. So, so I mean, but at the same time, though, I mean, I mean, he's got to immediately be one of the most sought after transfers on the market, right? I mean, I think he's somebody who's still got a ceiling. I think as a guy that could could be a bucket getter for the right team. You know, you see what E.B. Watson yeah. did transferring to Dayton. I mean, he's become a contributor there. I would think that DeJulius is a guy that has a higher ceiling to finish out his college career, you know, wh- wherever that may be. So um, the fact that, you know, and again, mutual decision, I would assume, yeah, obviously he wanted out Michigan okay with him going, I would think. Uh, you know, must mean, like I said, A, Michigan thinks somebody's coming or is expecting some kind of addition at the guard's position, uh, and B, that, you know, again, this is somewhat of a byproduct of Nunez maybe staying on. I don't, I guess it's, if Nunez leaves, does Julius come back? I don't, I don't know if that really maybe answers the question, but, um, you know, I, I liked Julius. I thought he was a good, I think he was a really good player. I think he was kind of coming along. Uh, as the season progressed, I, mm-hmm. defensively he really came a long ways, you know, in the second half of the season. 
And, um, yeah, leaves Michigan in an interesting spot at guard, right? I mean, the the pressure is on for for Josh Christopher or, like, a Bryce Aiken uh, of the transfer point. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually I, – I think we have similar reads, but I think I had – I have a different timeline in my head for like what this entails or what this is a byproduct of. So I think, I think this season, and and this goes back to to the beeline era. The second year, you can go look it up and do the research. So many of Michigan's transfers or players who transferred out did so after their second year. You know the the Ricky Doyle, the Aubrey Dawkins, the Cam Chapman. Uh, that that kind of triple threat in what 2016 um you know there's there's been others throughout throughout time where it's it's kind of that second year because if you know your freshman year it's hard to be a starter i mean you know there are going to be five stars who come in and start right away there's going to be good you know like your cj fredericks guys who fit a perfect role and and will be starters um but usually that first off season where you get you're on campus you get to do the full, and in Michigan's case, Camp Sanderson. But every school has an off-season program that they they really buy into nowadays. And so, it's kind of that's kind of when you're supposed to make the the sophomore leap a little bit, where um, you know Nick Stauskas did it, and and you kind of saw it out of Karis Levert and and some of these other players who were role players as freshmen. I think Xavier Simpson and arguably John Teske were were good examples of it too. And and you kind of see them take those steps forward. I think I think DeJulius took a lot of steps forward, but I think for him personally, I think this year was the year to pass Eli Brooks, or he was going to go somewhere else. Because if he stays, I mean, Steve, we've been. I know I'm a I'm a I'm pretty high in Eli Brooks, and I believe you are too. Yes. I think this podcast is is pretty in favor of what Eli Brooks brings to the, brings to the table. If they have to play a basketball game tomorrow. Are you starting, and you don't have Xavier Simpson? Are you starting Eli Brooks at the one, or are you starting David DeJulius at the one? I mean, with what Brooks adds on the defensive end of the floor, I think you'd have to go with Brooks. Yeah, and and that's not necessarily to say like there was no way DeJulius was going to start, but the fact is we're in, in today's era of college sports. If you aren't definitely going to be a starter, it's kind of easy to transfer elsewhere. And... And it's pretty easy to go somewhere else and and be a starter there, and so I think DeJulius didn't want to run the risk. I'm not. I'm speaking a little for him. I don't know that this was his mindset, but we've covered enough of these transfers. Um, I think I think he didn't want to run the risk where he isn't starting until his senior year. I mean, that's that's just not that's not what he came to Michigan for. That's not what his plan was. And the fact is, there probably is a school where he can be a two-year starter. I mean, I, I think one good example, maybe comparable to DeJulius, is Alan Griffin out of Illinois. If I'm not mistaken, he transferred to Syracuse. And, I mean, he wasn't, you know, Michigan fans might wonder who Alan Griffin was. But, you know, legit diehards will know who he was. But um, he's he's going to do pretty well at Syracuse. And... He's going to be a big part of their rotation, their big big part of their offense. I think I think you're right. I think DeJulius, I could see him going to another top twenty five team. Right. Just just one that doesn't have a senior, potentially two senior guards in front of him, or a five star two guard who's also going to play. And so, I don't I don't think that this means um, 
Josh Christopher is is coming. I, I don't know that that's – I don't think it's this, therefore that. I also don't think Nunez staying had any – I don't think that pushed DeJulius to leave. I, I think – um, I think they're two separate situations, and I think, I think DeJulius sees and and I give him credit. I think he, I don't know where Adrian Nunez would go if he transferred. I, I don't know what what level he would be. I know DeJulius can start for a number of Power Five programs right now, yep. and I think that's that's a little bit of the difference. It's kind of like uh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, maybe like a Tariq Black. Where it's you know I mean he he probably starts if he stays another year but he knows he can start for a variety of other schools and he can be the number one receiver and he can he can have that kind of exposure I think DeJulius is a kind of player that if he goes to another Power Five school he can get ten to fifteen shots a game I don't know that he gets that if he comes back to Michigan and so um, I don't I don't think it's an incorrect decision. I don't think it's a, a, a mistake on his part. It's just nowadays it's very easy to transfer. And so if you're not going to start and you're an upperclassman, you have to decide, are you, is that what you want to do? Is that what your college career, what you want it to be for some players? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people, I think we're a little bit of a, the shock factor is with DeJulius is that, I mean, this this guy grew up a Michigan fan. He seemed to love Jawan Howard. He seemed to click really well with Howard Isley. Like there was no, um, it it didn't seem like a bad fit at all. And so sometimes some transfers you're kind of like, yeah, that, that probably wasn't the best fit for him, or maybe he didn't quite get what he was hoping to get when he came here. And but I I think the Julius did, but I think the issue is point blank. Eli Brooks does a lot of things that make him the starter. And Josh Christopher, or, I mean, Zeb Jackson. I know Terrence Williams a little bit more of a, of a small forward, 3-4 type, but, I mean, he might play some at the two. Franz Wagner might change his game to work at the two a little bit. I mean, it's it, there's going to be a lot of people shooting the ball and scoring points and, and being a part of this offense. And so, um, I, for me, I, I think the... As soon as they started looking for grad transfers, or they started being a part of the grad transfer market for point guards, I don't know about you, Steve. That is when I said, "Eh, probably, probably means that DeJulius is going to go look look elsewhere for the rest of his career," because you know, someone like a Bryce Aiken, he he. There's a lot of reasons for him to for him to come to Michigan. He doesn't necessarily need to start. He's been a starter, and same with um, uh, Mike Smith out of Columbia, and I, what's his name Barry out of uh, Dartmouth. I think were the three that the Michigan's been linked to. You know, they might they might be comfortable having a fifth year where they're kind of the sixth man off the bench. They're being a part of a high major program. They're they're getting half of a master's degree from Michigan for free. Um, you know. <laughs> For for them, it might make a lot of sense to come and, and work with, with Brooks or compete with Brooks for minutes. For DeJulius, there's probably a few programs out there that'll let him be the starter the moment he walks in the door. And more power to him. I, I mean a lot of players a lot of players uh, would love to be in DeJulius' situation. I, I think he'll have a he'll have a pretty healthy list of, of schools and I'm sure I'm sure that's where it kind of stings for Michigan is or for Michigan fans is like He's going to end up going somewhere else that's a pretty good school and be a starter. 
and kind of like it could have this this March if Ibby Watson's playing in the title game and Michigan didn't make it because they didn't have enough three point shooting on the wing. It's kind of like, oh man, you know, some, sometimes it's going to sting, but at the same time, I, I see the justification behind his decision. And and for Michigan, it they they do. I think they need to get a transfer in order for them to be to not for this not to be a major downgrade. But at the same time, they do have Eli Brooks. I think Zeb Jackson kind of provides that young, a little bit higher ceiling uh, potential. I don't know what he'll bring next year, but um, you know he's got. He, I, Assume he's got a lot of Xavier Simpson in him, given all the family ties and the similar coaching. Um, you know, top 100 recruit himself, and then you throw in a grad transfer, and then Josh Christopher can kind of play that Nick Stauskas ball handling two guard role uh, in 2013-2014. So, if a couple of the dominoes fall, suddenly this is a very crowded backcourt, even with DeJulius gone. So, I, I see, I see his side of the coin, especially becoming an upperclassman. Um, I definitely can see where Michigan fans are are probably probably don't feel any better about this whole scholarship situation um, because to Julius he was a fan favorite his tenacity was awesome my favorite story is um, you know talking to John Sanderson about how they basically had to tell to Julius hey there is a limit to how many workouts we're gonna let you do and I think I think they were doing their international trip I believe it was in Spain and they're like like having some downtime in the hotel room and all of a sudden one of the coaches looks up and they see Julius outside running hill sprints and it's like, Hey man, just, just focus on the basketball. You know, we'll, we'll tell you when you need to work out, but he's just that kind of, um, gym rat workout warrior type. And, um, I think he even like gave up a car for a few months when he was in high school and just biked everywhere just to be in that good of shape. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I always liked him as a recruit. He was always good with the media uh, I'm very curious to see where he goes, but I do also think Michigan, I think Brooks is the starter. I think they can bring in a grad transfer to kind of get what, what to play the role that Julius played this year. And then we'll see what happens with Josh Christopher. Um, what else, what else are you thinking about with this transfer, Steve? Uh, I think we kind of covered it all. I mean, yeah, <clears throat> this all kind of, again, regardless of where he goes and what he does, this all, kind of goes away if if they get Christopher, don't you think? I mean, yeah, yeah, probably. As, as talented as I believe DeJulius still is and and yeah, I mean, he could easily be a guy like you said. I mean, you you can transfer within the conference. Uh you know, could be a guy that comes around and hurts Michigan next year at some point for right, all we know. Right. You know, but at the same time, like I said, if you get a guy like Christopher, um uh, yeah, then this you know, might be it almost ends up as a net positive for Michigan cuz Christopher is such a an amazing talent but all of a sudden yeah you miss on him let's say you know yeah you ha- i mean again they can't go into next season with two scholarship guards so somebody's somebody else is somebody's coming yeah, in somebody yeah, that's else true. has to come in like there's just no way you could win at any kind of level you know with two guards so you know that that's the biggest thing for me you know outside of me looking at this as a legitimate loss for them because i really like him as a player uh, to me, it says there's no doubt that some kind of addition is coming at some point. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen any new assistants followed to Julius. I always like to see you know who follows uh, players on Twitter right after a transfer. But reporters from Maryland, Dayton, DePaul, uh, and Syracuse have have recently followed to Julius. So 
I mean, all four of those schools, I could see him starting for them 100%. right now. So it's, you know, it's, it's about the best situation for you. For some, that's, you know, like, like it's the same with the Isaiah Livers news. You know, for some players, they want to be done with college. They want to, they want to make money. They want to do basketball full-time as long as they can. And for, for others, like Livers, it sounds like he wants, he wants to be in a situation where he's going to get a true chance or else he's going to get his degree and then try again next year. And so, um, you know, we've had stories about the, the guarantee contracts, things like that. And so um, real quick, though, Steve, since, since you do have a lot of experience in the football recruiting landscape, Basketball, there's a there's a couple things here. I, I maybe they're nothing. We're we're speculating here, but in your experience, when you see a recruit, high profile recruit, and and we've talked about Josh Christopher, he wants this to be dramatic. He likes the the ebbs and flows, kind of the roller coaster experience part of it. So he he re released a top five, and he erased Kentucky, who had not been involved in months, and added USC late and i think was it nick young tweeted something like usc needs to get josh christopher uh or something like something like that what is it does it mean anything should fans what should fans reaction be to a late addition to a top five especially when it's from the player's hometown i mean to be honest with it when it comes to basketball recruiting i mean we've all kind of you know the crystal ball is still 100 percent for michigan right christopher right but, I mean, we've seen, you know, seen things happen. You know, remember, I remember Jalen Brown. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mm-hmm. I think most people had him pegged to Michigan. He ends up at Cal. Um, not trying to like, not trying to cast any doubt necessarily uh, or anything, but I, from my you know, basketball recruiting is just a whole different animal than football recruiting, mm-hmm. and sometimes the unexpected like happens. I guess I'd put it this way. If, if a kid is a week away from a commitment in football and the crystal ball is a hundred percent in favor of one school, the odds more often than not way more often than not, or that the kid is probably going to go to that school. Okay. In basketball. I think we've seen the crystal ball broken more times at a much higher rate than we do in football because things just kind of seem to happen sometimes. So huh. not saying USC specifically, you know, because Arizona State still gets talked a lot about, right, uh, right, as well. But um, I, I don't know. It's, you know, USC again. It it would just be like a uh, <laughs> that'd be a kick in the gut to Michigan because <laughs> USC I don't even think has really been mentioned at all throughout. And um, so, yeah, I'd still I guess I'd say it this way. And again, I'm not as in in not as in tune to the basketball side of things as the football side of things. But if it's not Michigan, I would suspect it'd be Arizona State. I mean, that would be my guess. I would be very surprised if it was USC. But um, he's definitely doing a really good job building up the dramatics. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the quarantine situation is not uh, helping, in, as far as you know, people just hanging on every tweet 
and word and and everything you know that he says i think someone in the right. someone in the vip chat asked me today do you have do you have any kind of update on josh christopher i'll take any kind of update and i said well he tweeted three times yesterday so uh that was the update because nobody <laughs> you know because it's at the point now where it's just gonna happen and we'll find out i mean you know we'll see so i don't know yeah but yeah i mean yeah Game-changing talent if Michigan reels him in, though. Obviously, whoever gets him, you know. But but yeah, yeah. He's got he's got year one All Big Ten potential. 100%. USC USC has kind of picked up their recruiting. They they have Evan Mobley, number one overall recruit, or apparently number two. Whoops, um, I thought he was number one, but he's number two, five star, obviously. And then they they added three grad transfers since this quarantine started. So. Um, clearly trying to change their roster a little bit. I don't know. You're right, though. Arizona State could be a factor. We talked about when this all first started in our last basketball podcast, perhaps Josh Christopher's brother being tied to Arizona State. That's just extra contact that, that he can have with, yes. with the Sun Devils. And, and they finished the season in a better shape than when they started. Right. And so I, I don't know enough about all the intangibles there. But you're right. It's going to be over at some point uh, there are dramatics the other one um if there's nothing to this or if, if we can't really decipher anything from this that's fine but but I, I know it's being discussed among fans and we try to we try to keep our ears to the ground and talk about what you guys want us to talk about with isaiah todd deleting michigan stuff from his profile um you know deleting some of the instagram posts or his commitment video uh apparently un. I don't. Did he unfollow people from Twitter? I don't, he didn't on Instagram. He still follows a lot of Michigan people there. Uh, is this? I mean, I know there's always been rumors that he might go professional. Um, I will say, DeJulius deleted like all of his tweets and and the Michigan stuff from his profile a couple weeks ago. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen here, but any anything in your experience covering recruiting that can be gleaned from this or is this the same as the bat as the, it uh, is the same, like it's dude, basketball, okay. <laughs> like basketball recruiting is 10 times wackier than football <laughs> recruiting is as wacky as football recruiting can be. Uh, you know, with football recruiting, there's always those outliers that are really wacky that get all the attention, but on a recruit by recruit basis, like basketball recruiting is just on a completely different level. Um, mm. I, I don't, you know, with the, social media stuff. I don't know you know it's like that's the kind of stuff I don't even like to make your head spin you know if you <laughs> if you follow it enough I mean you look at that's that's a real quarantine driven obsession I think hell, man. With uh, quarantine or no quarantine <laughs> trying to follow that type of stuff you'll you'll lose your mind you know it's just um but again here's the I guess again no specifics because nobody knows but this is what happens when you you know Again, he very well, you know, nothing to indicate that he's not committed and, and won't sign and won't play. But this is what happens when you try to play, you know, you play with the big dogs in college right, basketball right. recruiting. I mean, this is this is part of the deal, you know, and this is the complete opposite of what of the approach that Beeline took. Beeline would have never recruited either one of these players. We talk about Todd and Christopher. Um, that's a fact, I, I, I think. I can't, I mean, he didn't. He was still around, like, you know, Zeb Jackson was already committed. 
before mm-hmm. Beeline even left. So, I mean, B-Line, they were obviously recruiting kids in that cycle, and, and neither of them were mentioned as far as Michigan went. You know, so these are guys that Beeline would have never recruited, and these are the kind of guys that, you know, it's just, again, this is, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a totally different deal when you're talking about the tip-top recruits, you know, in, in, in the basketball side of things. So um, it turns into a lot of wait and see because there's so much – I say, I mean, the best indicator, I would guess, is basketball. It's like, if you want to try to get an interview with a kid, it's almost impossible. And hmm. and that's like when you, especially you get in like the top fifty, you have to go see them live, if almost, and get an interview like after a game to talk to them. You're not getting a phone number, you're not probably not getting a DM, like nothing. It's totally different than football. Like football, it's it's rarely, it's very easy to get a hold of kids. To do updates and that type of stuff if fans want it, that type of deal. Basketball, it's just, it's just, I can't tell you how much different it is uh, than the other yeah. teams. So, and like I said, Michigan's now playing with the big dogs and this stuff. And again, this, you know, the pro stuff is has been a potential product or, or end game with him since the beginning. And if that happens, I mean, what do you say? I mean, this is, it was always a, something that was a possibility, whether it was a small or large possibility. If it comes to fruition, you know, Michigan knew it would be a possibility when they recruited him and took him as a commitment. So, um, but again, I don't read into the social media stuff too much at all. These, they're kids, they do stuff. Everyone's bored. I think a lot of recruits in any sport are looking for attention right now. I think I've done more top 10 and top five lists in the last three weeks. Right. For football <laughs> recruits than I've done in the last three years. Um, so I think, I think people are getting bored just trying to find some way to get attention and, and reaction so could be that just could it could be nothing well there you go yeah and i think i think you bring up a good point i mean there there was a reason that um well i don't know if this was the reason part of it was i think i think some coaches can connect with these top tier players better than others and it's 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 interesting it's an interesting process it's probably a little different than football i think one thing with football is they're going to be three years from the pros no matter what Someone, I mean, we've seen play, players leave high school, go straight to the NBA, and average twenty points a game. You know, thinking about Iverson and and Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett and LeBron James. Um, Iverson didn't go. No, did he? He played in college. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So anyway, but Kevin Garnett, uh, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and and others as well. I mean, it's it's just different. And I mean, they have more Instagram followers than top tier than five star football players. They have they're more household names. Like Evan Mobley is going to walk onto campus, and everyone's going to know who he is. And it's that's usually kind of the case with five star football players. But you know, I, I think it just they're a little bit closer to the pros. There's a little bit more. Um, it's more of a management team around them, and so yeah, I. I won't I won't tell people what to do with their time because there's a lot of free time right now for a lot of people. So if they want to if they want to look at it my my guess is that neither situation is is solidified with Christopher or Todd. Um I don't think I don't think either is a done deal. And I think this is a big test for Juwan Howard is how does he approach this? How you know cuz cuz some coaches I think Brady Hoke was known for this is like hey if you're visiting other schools or if you're doing the the theatrics or or whatever we view you as uncommitted and 
uh, or decommitted. And then, but then other coaches are able to kind of manage manage the theatrics a little bit. I think that's one thing that you know, Coach K and and Coach Calipari, you know, yes, they they coach big brands, big name programs, but they also know how to work with these players and how to level with them. And I think that's something Jawan Howard is is very good at. But every time he does something for the first time, it's it's kind of like a test, and we'll see how he does. With this, we'll see how he does with the grad transfer market. As of right now, they currently would be one over with Christopher and Todd in the fold. Um, without, they would be one under. Yeah, it's it's just uh, it, it, it's, it the everything's still in motion. I think is how I would say it is. You know, DeJulius might might be the the first um, the first name that's official one way or the other, but everything is still in motion. Everything's been in motion for a couple of weeks. I don't I don't think they woke up today and were floored that DeJulius left. Although at the same time I don't think this was something that Michigan was like, yep, you know, see ya. I mean I, I think they really liked DeJulius. I think he was I think he was a part of their plans moving forward. But I think just the nature of college sports today is you have to go you have to be in the best situation for you. Some players it's about being a part of one particular team, getting a degree, playing kind of a, a role for other players. It's trying to get to the league. Is is David DeJulius in a better situation starting and getting a lot of shots at another school? He might be. I, I kind of think he could be. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he would have beaten out Brooks for the point guard job. I kind of feel like Brooks... Would have put up a pretty good fight, though. I, so anyway, um, hopefully that answered some of the key questions. Kind of what what went into this DeJulius transfer, what it means, what, what to make of the recruiting. And, I mean, I guess <laughs> welcome Michigan fans to high-level basketball recruiting. It gets – it's very weird. And, and I mean, the, as a as someone who's not emotionally invested in, in where kids go to school, I, I always kind of enjoy it. You know, kind of the hectic nature of it, the – um, the dramatics, the theatrics, I enjoy it. I'm sure it's, as a recruiting reporter, Steve does not always enjoy it. Sometimes I'm sure, sure it's a little fun and funny to watch. But uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about that. It's not your favorite part of the job, no, huh? No, no. <laughs> so anyway, we'll obviously keep you updated whenever anything happens. Uh, but did want to get this podcast out there. Kind of, kind of discussing the big news today, just because I, I felt like just seeing the mentions and the replies and things, I felt like there were some misconceptions about this, and so um, hopefully we cleared some of those up. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24/7 Podcast. Check out all of our stories over at themichiganinsider.com and michigan.247sports.com. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. See you next time.